Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 203 for October 2nd, 2019. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, are Tim Sway and uh, Bill Lutz. Sorry about that. <laughs> this week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spores, Josh Alexander, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. What are we working on? Uh, let's see here. Mm, Bill, is that you? Bill, what are you working on this week? I am working on a skitar, as it's been aptly named by a few people and myself. A skitar, water ski. Nobody ever thought of this before. <laughs> hmm, that is a unique, original idea. I love it. Yes. So yeah, I took a water ski and I'm making a very uh, uh, simple three-string slide guitar out of it. And uh, what's neat about it, though, is I'm going to incorporate the orange, whatever the heck that stuff is, to put into epoxy because instead of having any body cavities, I'm, I'm basically, I'm, it's just going to be a, Tim will understand this, uh, not that you're stupid, Phil. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's going to be, a, I have a flat pickup, like a matchbook pickup. because the water ski is very thin so I embedded that into the water ski stuck it through I'm going to run the wire on the back and I created a channel to put that wire through and it's just going to have a um, a plug there's going to be no volume no nothing like that so it's just a plug and I'm going to use that epoxy to just fill in that cavity so there will be no no uh, uh, pocket for any electronics it's just going to be once it's in there it's in there there ain't no taking it apart and changing it out later type thing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, when I when I did yeah. it, I had to do I did the same thing where I ran a, the wire through, but then I I put a volume and tone knob in, and then I also had a jack, so I ended up just cutting another piece of wood and sticking it on the back to kind of cover all that. That's a much cleaner look. Yeah, yeah a so recessed that's, pocket. That's the yeah. pickup, yeah. and then that's the channel, and it'll go to right here where the plug. Perfect. Goes. Yep. Perfect. Hmm. What's that ski made out of? Uh, I don't know. It's it's. Is it wood. a real ski, or you shaped it's a piece of wood? No, no, no. It's a it's a it's a water ski. It's a yeah. piece of wood, but right on the end where the the curved tips, it's like they put a slice in it and then laminated something in there. So that's where they got their bend, I think. So imagine oh, if they, the they cut like yeah. a big curve all the way through to about here, so about yeah. uh, eighteen inches down, and then they they probably glued a thin piece of veneer or something in between the two woods and then bent it up and then let it mm. dry like that. That's how I'm guessing. But oh, because it's solid. The rest of it's the yeah, same piece. Because the one I did was, was layers, like a skateboard. I have yeah. another water ski that's like that with like a laminate plywood yeah. type looking thing. This is a solid piece of wood, and just cool. the end has got one uh, laminate in there to get the bend. So yes, that's cool. Yeah. I'm gonna remember that that trick too. That little uh, I like. How that. would you do that though? You'd have to have a really tall saw blade to well, get a perfect curve like that. A bandsaw, no, but... One of your saws. One of your saws, Phil. You just use that to... to but how would you clean up the, the faces so that you could perfectly glue in another piece of wood with no gaps? 
You wouldn't. I, mean, uh, I don't know that. Uh, that I don't know. That's well, I don't know that you would need to if you put a thin enough piece of wood in there. Once you bend it and squish it and figure out a form to clamp it, yeah, but maybe epoxy. You need something to gap fill, right? Yeah, this. I mean, this is not the cleanest looking on the side. Oh, the, it's not. Okay, okay. So yeah, that, that, that's, right. it looks like it was it done the way I would I would do it, which was just on the bandsaw with like a three TPI yeah. blade. Exactly. I just, exactly. I just okay. run it run it in. Back it out and then maybe grab um, some sandpaper on like a you know like a even just fold it in half and just just sand in there a little right. bit like some sixty grit you know yeah right. smooth it out yeah Stick it in. I think I want to do that gap actually. filling epoxy or whatever to be the, the you glue. know what because your hollow core door panel would fit right in that kerf right in yeah. that cut yeah if you use it I mean because you can get I mean they make those those saw blades in all sorts of different thicknesses and kerfs and stuff too yeah. so you can just get the saw blade that you want that matches the material you want to stick in there I'm gonna try that mm -hmm. that looks like fun. In fact, you don't even have to use wood. You could use a, a plastic. You could use sure, yeah. You, know like you could use like steel that's already or even formed. A piece of metal. A piece of metal. That would and then you wouldn't have to worry awesome about clamping too. it all down too. Yeah, if you got like a piece of metal that was well, you'd probably you already. Know, yeah, I sure. mean like a form. You know what I mean? Like, but you'd, you'd probably still need uh, a form. The metal would be thin. Unless it's like spring steel. Yeah, unless it was spring steel. I don't know. Mm. I'm sure we're gonna get a thousand reasons why we're all stupid. Dear morons, this is how we've been doing it in the ski industry for the last hundred years. Yeah. Sincerely, Lester. I don't know. I don't know why I picked Lester. Oh, Lester? That guy? Lester P. Skiinson. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. I ski what you did there. Go ahead. Uh, Tim, what are you working on? Um, well, apparently I was I was working on a time machine, but then Bill Lutz stole it and went back in time and took my ideas. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> hey, the big difference, though, is mine doesn't have a, a, a separate neck. This is all one piece. I'm actually, I've been really enjoying, I've seen a couple pictures of that. I've been enjoying watching it because what you're doing is like a cleaner version of what I did um, in a lot of ways. Like, I love that because mine, I ended up just like gluing a bunch of crap onto it to make it work you know what i mean yeah because i wanted to do like you like tip to tail like one instrument one piece but then i had to glue a fingerboard on because i was trying to make it like a traditional instrument but you're not stuck with those those um confines so it's like you're just making something that like looks sexy as heck you know yeah i like it so, i got a, yeah. a poplar uh a dark brown poplar uh fingerboard on mm. her fretboard mm. and um glued that on there but the rest of it is it's super sturdy so it's only three strings so it's not going to have a lot of bend in it anyway but yeah it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool then i have i've got the the rest of the water ski what i'm going to do is i'm going to um drill some plugs out of that stuff and then put it through the poplar for my fret markers cool cool yeah. hey you know i just did um i just did fret markers on a fingerboard i was working on i don't know why i ever thought of this but normally what i do when i do those markers is i I cut the hole or whatever, and I fill them in with epoxy because I have the CNC, so I can do kind of cool shapes and stuff. And just, right, right, but right. then, but then cutting the inserts a pain in the neck if it's an odd shape, right? So you know, fill it with epoxy, and it works pretty good. Um, but then I, the one I'm working on now, I want to just do typical dots, and so I used my vinyl record, and I did it on the laser. But you could obviously do it by hand, and I, I just cut the circles out on the laser of the vinyl record, and I, and I inset those into the circles, and it sanded down. They look awesome. Like, I mean, it doesn't, oh, I bet. it doesn't look like record anymore. It just looks like black plastic, but it's like, I mean, you, you have to, that, that stuff adds up when you start buying all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like when you're making guitars, you can buy a bag of those dots, but why right, right. just use a record, you know? Cause you can, I mean, what I would do if I didn't have the laser is I would get a thin piece of punch. Pipe. What's that? 
You just get a punch. Well, exactly, but the, the records are very fragile. But So if you get a, a punch, like a circular-shaped punch that's in the diameter of the hole you want to make, you have a matching drill bit, you just heat the end of it up with a little bit with a torch and just, just melt them. Mm. Melt them right the I bet the plug yeah, cutter, because exactly. I have a plug cutter, I bet that plug cutter would go through that vinyl if you just took your time. If you took your time and it was warm, if it was winter, it, well, you don't know what winter It'll is. crack. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's getting a little chilly now. It's <laughs> 74. Oh, no. Um... What have I been up to? I have been working on guitars. I'm getting ready for this weekend. I'm going to the Capital Region Guitar Show up in Saratoga Springs, New York. And so I was kind of going through some of my guitars and cleaning them up and finishing a guitar that I wanted to have there. I wanted to have a left-handed instrument um, for the show because... You're a smart person. You're a smart because, person, Because uh, there's left-handed people. And when you go to a guitar show, there's very few you know, left-handed guitars. And, I, and actually, it's not my idea. It was, um, my wife was telling me to do it because the last show we were at, there's a couple people that were like, you know, like, hey, how, do you have any lefties? You know, they couldn't try them. And, and then there was a guy that I met, I think it's actually going to be the Saratoga Spring Show too, another guitar maker that's actually local to me, that he had a left-handed guitar at the show and it sold. Um, hmm. And I was like, oh, interesting, you know. So I, w w I was going to make some left-handed guitars, but then I had this idea. I was like, well, why do I have to limit which hand it is? Because a guitar can be... Um, parallel, right? Like there are many guitar designs that look decent if the, both the top and bottom perfectly are symmetrical. Chain. Symmetrical, right? You make word, ambidextrous, right? so all you do exactly. is the springs around. But the the it's, problem it's with all that about is the knob placement and uh, exactly. And so if you place the right. knob centered, it looks just dumb, right? So what I did is I just I recessed the plate in the back of it just a little bit, just the thickness of the knobs, and I put the knobs on the back, and then I made the front. There I did go. some I did some cutouts on the front to make the front not look like it was missing anything just make it look like it's supposed to be no knobs and I put an end pin jack in the center so you flip it over either way and it looks the same knobs are in the back easy to, easy to access but you're not bumping them into your shirt or anything and uh, I'll, have, I'll have a video for that coming out in a couple weeks hmm. um, but so I made that and it was a lot of fun and it's not the best guitar I've ever made or anything but it's um, it was inspiring like uh, to me to kind of chase that down and now like I've got all these ideas of, of how I want to pursue that you know in the yeah. future um, and then besides that, I'm working on a customer's 30-inch scale bass for a customer. And then I'm working on a guitar with uh, a lot of skateboard parts. I'm doing kind of like a little joint thing with Woby Design. You know, the guy that does all the skateboard work on YouTube and Instagram. Oh, he, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ben. Um, he's out in – super cool guy. He's out in California. And he just does – he works with nothing but reclaimed skateboards um, and does all the cool stuff. Is he the one who so. did the Eames chair thing? I don't know about that. I know he it's, did like he reskinned right? an Eames chair with skateboards like cross sections. There's, there's a company that makes guitars specifically just out of skateboards. That's the oh company. yeah yeah yeah. There's a there's a there's I believe two of them at least that I know of. They do them oh. differently. One of them does it where it's still guy. no. One of them does it where it still looks like a skateboard, and then another company does it where it sort of laminates them together and stuff. So Ben's all into um, like what I've been doing with the hollow core doors, with just stacking thin pieces of wood together, making laminations. But they, all the the layers of skateboards have different colors to them, so they're very colorful. Right, right. And uh, and he's very artistic with the way he assembles them and the colors he picks and stuff. So we did an exchange. I mailed him a guitar kit, one of my DIY guitar kits, and he mailed yeah. me a whole bunch of skateboard stuff that he'd already started gluing up and some of some lo loose pieces of cut up skateboards and stuff. So we're both making skateboard guitars, but we're doing like opposites. So he's making his body out of skateboard with, you know, the neck that I provided with him and the and parts and stuff. And then I'm making the neck out of skateboards and then a body out of other stuff. Um, so hmm. it should be it should be pretty interesting. Uh, it's been a lot of fun 
uh, I'm happy with it, how it's coming out. Wow. So I just I just looked him up because it's yeah. not the guy that I was thinking of. But this guy does a ton of stuff with skateboards. Like, geez. Yeah, well, that's wow. all he, he does. He made a sheet of plywood out of skateboards. Yeah. He's made he's so, made like, reconstituted two, them. He's made two skateboards out of skateboards. Um, yeah, I see that. Turns yeah, the it first on one edge. first one broke, uh, and then the second one was actually successful. And then him and Paul Jackman did a thing where he was making a skateboard out of skateboards, and Paul made skateboards out of pallets at the same time, and they did like a little kind of. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and this conference table. Jeez, he built a 10-foot yeah, he built conference that. table. And it's all – so he had sent me a Sick. bunch of um, like a, some some glue-ups that he had that were like cutoffs from something that he made that I stuck together to make the neck, and I've already carved it out. It looks fantastic. And then he also just mailed me a bunch of pieces of it, like the little strips that he had cut off and a skateboard that I cut into. So I was able to make the fingerboard out of a skateboard. I got the center – just the very center of a full skateboard. I was able to cut out in this maple – and I cut a fingerboard out of that, and that's what I put the vinyl record dots in. And then I made a bunch of glue-ups of my own of all the stripy-looking stuff to cut some of the accessories and other parts out for the guitar. Say, didn't I see some uh, pickup covers? Yeah, I was making pickup covers, um, and so like, and then I made like a pick guard and um, some like inlays and stuff that I'm doing the body out of acrylic. And uh, so I'm doing like these like sort of like skateboard inlays and stuff. It's gonna be like I'm super excited about it. Sounds so, fun. I'm working on that. Um, and then I'm also getting ready for Maker Camp, 11th through the 14th, uh, up by Duress's house there in East Durham, uh, New York, the uh, the Maker Camp event that's happening. I'll be there with Maker Made CNC. I'm not getting there until Saturday, uh, but I'll be there. Well, we're, I'm going to hang out with them all weekend for the most part. I'm going to hopefully get to walk around a little bit, but I'm going to hang out with them for the. And we're just going to make stuff, like just run the CNC and just like make things that people say, hey, can you, you know write my name or whatever like you know draw a picture of a cat and, you know <laughs> just gonna make stuff so I'm looking forward to that I mean that's what CNC was designed for of course just pictures making of pictures cats. of cats and, and your name cats yeah yeah could you do Garfield I mean you know those kinds of things that's no can't do Garfield that's what, that's what, I could do I could do a house cat I could do a house cat and I could do Hello Kitty but the CNC machines mm-hmm. cannot do Garfield classic yeah um, I mean, I uh, it's been it's been the Jewish high holidays this last week, so I have not uh, not done too much. And next week that actually continues, so uh, don't expect much out of me, I guess. But I have been watching a ton of YouTube um, in between synagogue and stuff, and uh, and I'll talk about that later specifically. But well, happy uh, Jewish New Year! Well, thank you very much. Thank you. So, what year is it now on that calendar? I think it's like 5780. Let me check. I mean, everybody knows the Earth is only 6,000 years old, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> true story. Uh, and the moon doesn't exist either. It's just a hologram. That's right. Hmm. Hey, I was right. It is 5780, I think. Good. Glad. I'm glad yeah. you know. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, anyways, I'm a good Jew. I know what year it is. Um, your credit to your math. Thank you. I think. Um, all right. So this week's topic is neutrality, and um, and as we uh, gave this topic a lot of thought, which we typically do on a week-to-week basis, um, we all sort of <laughs> come at this from different uh, different perspectives. I was thinking when we when we tossed this one out, I was thinking how we live in an age of opinion and how it becomes increasingly difficult to remain neutral on any given topic. Um, You know, we're all sort of um, 
citizens of of the internet, and uh, and and we're all uh, privy to what's going on on Instagram and Facebook, and and what's happening on you know and Pinterest and all, all these different forums and Twitter especially, right? So it seems like it's so difficult to remain neutral on a topic. I feel like we all sort of have these opinions and we tend to seek out others for whom that opinion is shared and uh, and that obviously goes to reinforce that opinion and, and so we walk through life not particularly neutral on any topic um, and, and I find that to be sort of a scary, uh, scary trend. I got a few opinions on that, Phil. Yeah, yeah, and he's gonna, you're going to hang out with Bill because he shares that opinion with you. Um, and then, of course, there is, uh, you know, there's the, there's the elephant in the room when we talk about things like net neutrality and that how, how dangerous that is. Uh, the opposite of net neutrality is dangerous. Uh, obviously, allowing pay-to-play for Internet and not making it a uh, ubiquitous um, utility like the telephone or... Uh, you know, or power, I, I think is this very scary thought. And I think uh, soon enough that that nonsense will get reversed. But um, this is say, a neutrality and age a, of opinion. This is a woodworking podcast though, right? I mean, it's about reclaimed. So hopefully uh, the U.S. can reclaim net neutrality. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> hopefully. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, since I don't, I don't really think that's what um, I, I thought of at all about neutrality. No, I threw that in there because I like to be political every once in a while. I have an opinion on those things. Um, so I, I mentioned in the pre-show that... that uh, Didn't we want to keep our podcast neutral, though? We did. That was a concept for another podcast, though. Yeah. So so I, I mentioned that, that Creator Nader had me look at something that he, he was making and how he was going to finish it. And and I don't know if I was even on the, the right track when I, when I told him. I said, well, it depends upon where this particular thing is going to live is it something for you is it somebody that you made it for where's it going to live in their house if you know that is it something up for sale for anybody it's up for grabs so you might want to keep something more neutral you might want to uh, more you know simple versus complex uh we were just talking about uh, guitars and is it going to be right-handed left-handed you know that's that's kind of complex or very direct or is you can keep it neutral and make it ambidextrous right so as far as making things and selling them how are you going to finish these projects? You know, do, you know, I particularly hope that I never have to do anything on commission again where I can I can make it however I want. And if you like it, you buy it. If you don't, you don't, right? Uh, but Here's the business side of it, the way I see it, the business side of it. So the more specific you make the piece, I think the more valuable it is to a very specific person. The more neutral you make the piece, the less valuable it is in comparison, but it's it's open to a broader audience. But it, yeah, it's, it's still got value, just not as much, but it has value right. to more people, right? Yes, so the point is, is what what do you value, right? Do you, or not do you value, obviously I don't wanna use that term again, but what's, what's a higher priority for you? Is it making more money or having the money now? Do you have the space in your shop to hold on to this? Have you sunk dollars into its cost? If you need to get them out, then leave it as neutral as possible. You'll make less money, but you'll make it quicker. So if you want to, like, for example, I was in the furniture business, so I still am in the furniture business, and there was this, um, one of these booths at the trade show. It's one of the first ones that you see when you walk in ground floor of a 16-floor building, and the guy had, like, 25,000 square feet, and it was all, like, 70s-looking acrylic uh, glass and weird forms and stuff like that in a very traditional marketplace. The guy's name was Shlomi Haziza, and it was just like off the wall, shag, shag carpeting, all this stuff. 
And I walk in there and I go, this is hysterical. Who would buy this? And you walk in there and you see tables for $40,000 and you see chairs mm -hmm. for $6,000. So to the right person, they're going to spend that money. But to find that person is going to take well, potentially time and marketing. Well, it takes internet because it's not something you can do locally, right? But because of the internet, you can basically market to wherever you want. This is a rep-based business, but I point taken. Point taken. Yeah. I agree with you. It's and about getting your name and I, and I said too about about things that are trending. If you know that, you know, pink and purple polka dot designs on things are what's going in in your market area. Uh, that's kind of what you want to make, right? Something that's going along with the trend. But again, if you just want something that's basic, you keep it more neutral. Can I ask another question? Like, why are we making the thing? Because the instant we make the thing, it has way less value than it being custom and the customer coming to us and asking us to make it. Well, here's here's that's a good maybe question. a prototype here's, to show that you can make it. What about the what about the reclaiming side of this? What if you find a crappy table on the side of the road and then you've already got some crappy chairs that you found so you're going you're going to redo these things you're going to try and make a set right a ta kitchen table and chair set so you're mm -hmm. reclaiming it do you what look do you want to have on there so while you're making it yeah are you are you making it to look reclaimed are you making it to like strip it down completely and try and refinish it all to match like it, it was an original set to begin with are you changing any uh, of the features on it? are you changing the cabriole legs and making you know, hairpin legs. You know what I'm saying? So there's, yeah. There's keep, keeping it neutral. That's gonna that's gonna be more applicable to more people that may want it. But there's also, mm -hmm. a, even though it's not not necessarily trendy, but we know that reclaimed things people like. We know that's still a thing. People like it. Um, For least, sure, I think so. Well, the milk paint stuff, I think, is still in. And and from a from a return on investment, you know, effort versus cost kind of right. thing. When you're going to do a flipper like that, when you find a, a piece of crap and you want to flip it right. and make some money on it, for sure, like a fast sand, a rebuild anything that's broken and slap some milk paint on it and you're done kind of thing where you can make a few hundred bucks is definitely the way to go. Doing a full perfect restore, man, you're never going to see your money back on that. Your well, time anyway, you know what I mean? Yes and no. Depend, like you said, though, what if you've got a table that you or I wouldn't want for $1,000, but there's a market for it? You can, if you find that market, somebody will pay a thousand dollars for something that you took your time to, to strip everything down, do the repairs, and, and like you know, fine, do some fine work woodworking to this thing. You flip it not just to throw on some milk paint, but you actually flip it to make it look like it's brand new again. I'd love to find that market. I just don't see where you'd get all that time back. I I don't know the answer to that, but I know it exists. <laughs> I, see it. I, I see it I in San faith. Francisco. I see it yeah. in San Francisco. There are consignment shops and, and artist shops. Top three market, I, though. I, yeah. yeah, I know that these things are, they didn't build this from scratch, but it looks like it's a beautiful piece of furniture. Yeah. And all they really did was refinish it. So, And then then what about you know just gathering the materials from what you find as well? So there's something, are you going to keep it neutral? Are you just going to cut that tabletop into some basic board, some stock, so you can build other things with it? Or are you I love that. To, yeah, I know. So, I don't know. That's my strategy always. Tim, what about you? What do you think? Well, there there is a market for that stuff. Um, it's a difficult market to get into. I mean, there are people that... Like, I, here's a story. I got a, I got a buddy of mine. He's a guitar teacher, right? And so he's teaching lessons and down in the Gold Coast of Connecticut where the money is in one of those towns. And um, 
he was charging like a hundred bucks a half hour or something like that for um I think it was a hundred hour actually he's charging for his for his lessons which is you know pretty steep and um and he's he's got customers and then he, he goes and he sends a letter home to all the parents and he doubles his rate so it becomes a hundred dollars a half hour um and not a single person balked at it some people even said that they wanted to pay him more because they were so happy with his service and uh his business boomed because there's this there's there's like kind of I, I hate saying there's two types of people in the world because there's obviously way more but there's two types of people in the world there are people that want that, that get something and they say hey look what i got and i got it for only and then other people say look what i got you wouldn't believe how much i spent for on it and there's that's that that one percent market or whatever and those sure. people if they have the money they want to say they want to have that story they want to pay for that story they want to say oh this guy he 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 restored this it took him 400 hours and he only used you know pigeon spit and and uh you know and cedar vinegar or cider vinegar you know whatever like and they want to have some whole story to it um mm-hmm. and there's there is a market for that and that's a niche market and it's a small market and all of us can't jump in like we just can't you know, some so how much of that is location too? Because like I said, I think Absolutely. the internet brings a ton of it. Yeah, yeah. the internet but brings it, a lot of market to places you couldn't get to. But, but the, I can go, I can go walk through a bunch of stores in San Francisco, see what's trending, see what's mm-hmm. being made, see what the prices are. I can match that. I can make it more boutiquey if I wanted to. If I wanted to spend the time and effort into it, and I can tap into that market that already exists because I live in the Bay Area of California. Mm-hmm. If yeah, if you're in Iowa, it's going to be a little more difficult. But then there's also yeah. There is that um, if you if you get an agent, right? If you have that that skill set and that quality of work, and you you get a piece out and you give it to an agent, and you you plant it in L.A., you, you know, you plant it in Beverly Hills. I mean, then they could be like, oh, I had it made in Iowa. That becomes part of the story. It's all marketing, right? I mean, Phil, you know that better than anybody. Yep. One of the you know um, one of the things that I've been doing. The the other sort of point of that is that it's like. Um, do you want to do you want to follow the trends or do you want to set the trends, right? So when you're when you're designing products, are you designing like milk paints in? So are you designing stuff for milk paint because that's what's in. Everybody's selling you know wooden six pack holders, so you're going to start making wooden six pack. Holders. Are you going to find the way to make the seven pack holder not literally? Well, how, that's ma- stupid, how many six pack holders do you have to make to pay this month's rent? Then you get a good commission job. Then you have the freedom to maybe set some trends as opposed right. to all of them. Right, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think you need a product line that's going to sell, but you don't focus on that. That's that's the past, and that's what's paying for you to to look toward the future and to set the next trend and to find the thing. And not everything's going to stick, you know, but um, I feel like that's that's not neutral. Like, the neutral side is to just make what's being made and let other people take the risk and wait till that and, and stay on top of the trends and watch them start to swell and follow Google Trends, whatever it is. And when you see it start to swell, then jump in. Um, but that's not. I mean, for me, that's not what I want to do. I want to. I want to stab at the other side of it and hopefully get lucky one day. But yeah, it is know, a gamble. Yeah. There's other kinds of builds that, as makers, we can do that are neutral. Tim, your guitar kit can be neutral. Well, that's right? you, sure. You're, sure, that's you're, why you're I. Buying, you're buying the basics and you're you're customizing it to yourself. But it's basically it's like a neutral product that you that the individual can make more. Right. I mean, customize whatever. My guitars are not neutral. Like there's, you know, I mean, they're not abnormal. I guess. I mean, they're maybe a little bit. I've been around me so long. Everything's normal, and it's probably not. But, <laughs> but um, they, you know, like that's even part of my marketing with that. I, like I have this like punk rock flyer, you know, like the that and 
and it says right on the flyer, like if you're if you're looking for tone wood, just keep walking. This isn't for you. I've actually said that to people, and they start being like, "Well, what about the tone?" I'm like, no, this isn't about that. Like this, and I'll pull pull the guitar out of the guy's hand. I'm like, this isn't for you. This there's other booths that sell guitars that are for you. This is this is something different. Um, and then there's that. This well, is for I, everybody. Right, right. And then the, well, I, I want to be one of the cool kids. <laughs> Get out of I mean, here. There's gonna be some people. Yeah, I kick them. You know. Uh, but there's going to be some people who are like, yeah, you're right, it's not for me, and they're going to move on. And, and then that's we're doing each other a favor, right? He's not wasting sure. my time, I'm not wasting his time. But then they're like, well, what do you mean it's not for me? Like, oh, well, this isn't about Tonewood. This is about, you know, finding some new solutions. This is about, you know, being more inspired by the materials than, you know, the the, the footprint and all. You know, you, then you develop, you just you change the, the platform that the conversation's on, right? Mm-hmm. It's not me going, oh, no, 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 trust me, this is going to sound just as good as your Brand X guitar. You know, I'm not I'm not playing that. This is this right. is here. You want to come here? Come here. And that's being not neutral. And there's value to that too. Um, you're not going to oh, get yeah. as ma- you're not going to get as many sales with the guy with the shag carpet and the forty thousand dollar table. If you walk in and he, you look at it, this is worth forty thousand dollars. Yeah, you don't get it, buddy. Get out of here. You're not welcome here. But I, I have forty thousand dollars. I want to be. Well, hold on a second. Right. That's why I think the front banner of your booth at the trade show should just read, "This is not for you." Watch how many people come to the booth. I swear to God, do it, Tim. It's not this a bad is not idea. for you. Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, maybe not that, but just like tone snobs need not apply or something like that. No, no, no. It's got to be so simple that makes people go up to you. And go. What do you mean this isn't for me? What is this? How about Make people be- ask you a question. F you. <laughs> well, Phil, let's focus on your on your whiskey boxes. Would it be Would it be profitable to you to cut out? the customizing part of your whiskey boxes and to make whiskey box kits. Something you could buy, put together, it, it, you can whip them together a lot faster because you're not spending all the time and effort with, this, with the paint and everything else. You charge a little less for them, but you have them ready made, they're ready to go, they're sitting on a shelf. Can you market that well enough to get that neutral idea to stick with other people? They see your custom, hey, you can buy, you can buy this box that I make for your kid's name and his garbage pail, whatever. And, or you can buy this and you can do it yourself. Great question. No. <laughs> no. The, the only reason that that product ever worked was because it was a present. It was a gift. Someone had a certain amount of money they wanted to spend on a gift and they found a gift to match that dollar amount. That way they could feel good about what they were giving and it was a special personalized thing with the story. This guy, he's a dad, he makes stuff out of his garage. It's a beautiful piece, that kind of thing. I mean, it's a box. I mean, you don't need me to make the parts of a box for you to assemble. I mean, that's... Some people do, though. I would think there would be a market for it, but is it worth it to you? Are you going to make enough nah. money doing that? No. What would anybody spend on a, on a non-assembled box? 40 bucks? It wouldn't even... I, it wouldn't, wouldn't even I, I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, Where's the market for that? What, what would people spend on a guitar kit, right? Different. Different. Yeah, that's... A what you're doing is you're making a guitar accessible. Nobody needs a box to be made more accessible. Yeah, a box is a little too simple, I think, for that formula to work. But, yeah. but that actually, I want to re- remind me when I'm doing my um, uh, what I'm into thing. It kind of ties into that. So okay. I don't, don't want to do it I'll too remind early. You. So you should have said that later. Is my point. <laughs> should have read my mind and said it later. <laughs> so um, what's so the question? What is the, what is the what is the idea of a product then that would make it worthwhile doing a kit type thing? Something that that people want to spend less on, so they can get into it, like about, an RC airplane or like a yeah, electronics kits. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
Okay, do you think it's also something that maybe people can't make on their own? Like, there's no way I could make a guitar, but I can buy this kit. Now, I can make a guitar. So well, that's that was, what accessibility is, right? Like, yeah, the the value in my kit to to me, in my opinion, the value in my kit is the is the physical template because you can go download and print templates, and there are other people that sell physical templates. So that's the main value over the parts. The parts is just the convenience and the simplicity of it, right? Because mm -hmm. if you don't play guitar, you might not know which is this one going to match up with that. So it eliminates all that question stuff. But then what I also did is I gave them like ninety minutes of instructional video where I actually talked through like every step of it, you know. So it's like Again, you said you said a box is too simple. Your guitar kit works. What is there right. something in between those that would still work? That's not a guitar. What kind of a oh you're product? asking us to actually give well, people ideas? But to go back to the to, the, <laughs> to go back I'm to the box. What? Like there actually is a way that the box could be something is it's not actually making the box, but it's, it's like making the dovetail template that, you know, that works with a very simple hand tool. So any anybody with minimal skills could use a router and a certain and having the explanation like use this template and make four, you know, use this one on these two sides, yeah. this one on these two sides and they will fit together and you will make a beautiful box. This is the kit that will do that. It's not actually here's four boxes, here's four pieces of wood and I'll nail them together. That's, you know. So there's right. a way. I just don't think I could ever charge enough for that, like to make it by hand. Something like that would have to be done like IKEA style. You know what I mean? Like on a on a conveyor belt CNC machine where they pump them out. That's the only way yeah, that IKEA IKEA stuff though is not a kit. It's just it's assembly. No, my point is the way they make their stuff. Like they, they, there's nobody there hand shaping the IKEA furniture. You know what I mean? It's made out well, by Tim's machine. Well, not hand shaping everything either. He's got a CNC. That but the dollars are there to you know. A box is not going to get the same amount of money as a right. guitar is. Well, in those those guitar kits, I make very little of those. Uh, you know, most of it was just purchasing and, and assembling the parts, and then I make the templates. But those are done on the laser. Uh, I already I made the video, which was a once and done. You know, and then the pickups. Right. I, I made the tops for the pickups, but I don't make the pickups. I pay a guy. He makes them. You know. Right. So yeah, that's so that's you're assembling and you're making a margin. It's I mean, almost a passive income. Yeah. Yeah. I still say there's got to be a market for even furniture, even a coffee table, do DIY coffee table, but you don't have, it has called Ikea. They have already kit. cornered it. But <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's assembly required. I'm talking about something that you could, you could buy, you could, you could put the finish on it. You, you have to actually decide how you want to put the, uh, uh, you want to use a router and make some, some nice, uh, uh, so you got to have some skills, but maybe you just don't have the inclination to make something that fancy. So you're buying the basics. I I think it's called plans, and there's a lot of guys selling them. I think that makes more sense than shipping wood around the world, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what that is. People that have the skill but don't have the idea necessarily, or, or like someone else's idea. Yeah. Or, but, you know, sometimes you can buy unfinished furniture. There is like that. Unpainted Arizona? I have seen... I've seen it like in, at at, uh, at Home Depot and stuff. You can yeah. buy unfinished furniture, and then the person goes and they buys the, the, the stain that they like off the shelf, and and then they right. do it themselves because you're trying to save a couple of bucks. And I think that goes back to the accessibility. Um, and and well, maybe there goes right back to why not just buy something that you don't have to pay for off the curb and yeah. finish it yourself. For <laughs> sure, for sure. I like that and better. You know, yeah. and then you pick up the stain and you pick up the you know some sandpaper, and then you know right. now you, that's where that goes. But if I had to think of a product that would be that you could sell as a kit, I mean, you know, like on um, on Banggood.com, it's like this Chinese website where you can buy just about anything electronics. They have a ton of stuff that come as assembled and as a kit, and so you're basically not paying for the labor component. So like, uh, there's like this little I've been looking at this little oscilloscope. It's a digital oscillos oscilloscope, 
and you can pay for it assembled for 40 bucks or as a kit where you have to solder all the resistors and everything and all that and assemble the whole thing, mm. it's 20 bucks. And I was thinking to myself, well, how much is my time worth? And do I really want to take a chance in messing up an instrument meant to measure whether or not I did something right on something else? So, you know, pros and cons. Could it be fun to sit there and solder all these resistors? Sure. So maybe I would do it that way, but mm. it's that kind of thing. That kind of, um, you know, save a couple of bucks by putting it together All yourself, right. I guess. So I'm gonna, what you're really trying to tell me is there's no single answer to this question. I, <laughs> no, there's no answer. There's no possible answer. I have to, I'm going to, I'm just going to talk about my, what I'm into right now because I have to, because it's just so appropriate in my mind. Uh, there, there's a, so skip me later, but there's a new season of abstract on Netflix. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, which is I when season one came out, I mentioned it, and they just talked to artists and creators and these just super inspiring people that are doing amazing things. And so I've watched uh, I think half now of uh, season two, and it's just amazing, of course. But there's this one uh, woman in particular, Cass Holman, and she's in Rhode Island. She's a designer. She designs like uh, a lot of children's toys and play setups and stuff. But she's basically making kits. Um, she has this kit. I, I I can't remember the name of it right now. It's like uh, Tinker Majig or something, but uh, she she makes this kit and it's all these um, very cool, unique shapes of wood, uh, three quarter inch plywood, and they have wooden bolts and nuts and bolts. So we've seen like Phil, you have stuff like that for your kids with the the wooden nuts and bolts and yes, yes, stuff. yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but th these are they're large and they're all these abstract shapes and there's no plans. There's no there's no like oh here's how you make a car, here's how you make it. So it's just this big box of unique shapes and the kids the, it, it inspires collaboration because they have to pick it up. Um, you know, a lot of the parts, pieces are three, four feet long. These kids are two feet long, you know what I mean? And so <laughs> she said, one of the first um, things that kids, like when they go in their beta testing, is she dumped those stuff out and kids would pick it up and they'd be like, oh, this is real. Like this is, this isn't a toy. Like this is real. Like that, there's that weight and there's that, you know, you could get hurt. You could clunk yourself in the head and the kids really dig that. But what's so, yeah. what I thought was so cool about it is that it's a kit that has no instructions. It's just a kit it's to neutral. just create. It's absolutely it's neutral. 100% like neutral. Yeah. But no, it's not like Lego. Lego, like when you buy Lego, most of them have a picture that you're supposed to try and make. And then, of course, the fun part of Lego Oh, we throw that out. My house. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, we, we do them, but then, you know, a few weeks later, they're torn apart. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like Lego, but even Lego is very structured. And it's like, oh, these are squares and these two fit together. And this is all just completely abstract. And some okay. of the stuff these kids are making was really wild. And so maybe the kit, the neutral kit, isn't a kit to make a guitar or a kit to make a box. It's just a kit to make, right? Maybe mm -hmm. I, I mean as an adult I was like oh I wouldn't mind playing with that like I mean that's what we do with reclaimers right that yeah. was a, I used to I did this talk a couple times in my local library where I have a garbage can full of like quote garbage things I've I've saved from the side of the road computer parts broken records pieces of wood and all this stuff and I dumped it out on the library floor and, a, and I had a, just a bunch of adults like ten adults sitting around this pile and we're just imagining what could we do with this doorknob and this piece of skateboard what could we do with this. Um, not that it had to actually work, but just that imagination game, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but what if Sounds we like a good topic for one of our podcast episodes. imagination <laughs> game? I know. I wish we would do it yeah, again. I like that. But like um, that. that was my that was my favorite episode. I love that idea. But it, but that was the idea is to just get us like you know changing our perspective and looking at things. And so maybe that's the kit. Maybe there's an adult kit like that. Like oh, all these things are going to work together, but you have to figure out how. Like the uh, priority box. Game. I was going to say so, you have to have Jason Payne mail it to you. <laughs> These are all previous well, episodes for that, new listeners. That's exactly what he did to all three of us. So he he uh, mailed us all the same yeah. thing, and we yeah. had you know, so it was completely neutral, and we all made something completely different. I mean, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I cheated. That's a perfect yeah. example of a, a kit, a neutral kit for sale mm. for makers. That one was a tough one because there was a lot of random stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking for myself. What I made was stupid. How about you guys? <laughs> I took a picture of all the stuff on all right, you and cheated. then made a frame around it. With yeah. the wood, there was, was I did use wood that came with it. So yeah, I made I made a guitar amp, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What about the idea of how much time we have here before I, I launch to something else? We got one more, one more idea, I guess. What What do you think of the idea that we are surrounded by uh, a community or a, a society of opinion right now, where because of social media? everybody's opinion matters. It's election um, season. That's why we're dealing with that right now. No, it's always, though. No, it's been, it's been like that for years, though. That's <laughs> It's been like that for But I feel like there, there was a time and place where we were more open to opinion. We were more open to quote-unquote fact. You know, people weren't afraid to say, oh, I'm not really sure. What do, what do you think about that? I feel like now you must have an opinion, and so everyone offers one up. Um, I I can say that you're right, but in the maker community, we're chipping away at that crap, and it's starting to get because I, I there's a lot of makers I think that respect us, and we're we are the three of us pretty like liberal leaning, right, left leaning or whatever. And there's a lot of makers out there that are not, and they they love us, they respect us, and and I've had mm-hmm. conversations with some of these guys, and we don't agree at all. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's love there, and I think that's all it takes. It's just you don't have to go into something with the idea that you've got to change everybody's mind. you got to go into something with trying to be interested in what the, what they think and why they think that way. I'm never going to think that way, but it's curious. How did you come to that conclusion? Yeah. Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. That's what the maker community does, but I think you're right. It's There's so much polarization going on right now. It's it's tough. It's tougher. It's either you're either you know A or B. There's no... Yeah, well, that's, that's but the big problem is that everyone's trying to change somebody's mind when yeah. the point you brought up was don't try to go into a conversation trying to change somebody's mind, but listen to their perspective because it might help you guys get somewhere in the middle. And if everybody approaches things that way, like you're trying to hear where I come from, I'm trying to hear where you come from, that's the right. only way to engage into that conversation. If I go in, they go, hey, Bill, you're nuts because of this and this and this and this is the truth. You're just immediately defensive and you're like, I I'll be honest with you. I, I go into it actually with the idea that I might change my mind, you know. And I'm curious about that's the right way to do it. It's a very good yeah, answer. Is there something yeah. you you have? Is there some idea that you have? Is there some? Uh, piece what am of I missing? What, yeah, it's like what right. am I missing? Can you change my mind? Or not even tell them that, but that's what I think about. Maybe I'll change yeah. my mind if I actually listen. If I right. actually listen, I might change my mind. You know, I, I've said this right. a thousand times. You want to be right? So easy. You find one other person to agree with you. Now you're right, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm right. But if you mm. want to actually affect change or create uh, some kind of community, you, you got to go into looking at things with the idea that maybe we're just, maybe there is no solution to all these problems that the, the world has. Maybe there's not a solution, but, but an answer could be just that we all listen a little bit more, you know, and, and think about, like I said, what the other side is. How did you get to where you are? Why do you think the way you do? Why do you go to this church? Why do you shop at that store? Why do you buy this gun, in my case, right? What, ask those questions, and I, I think if you ask more questions and um, listen listen a little bit more, you know. I hear you, Bill Lutz. I hear you. And I appreciate you. Wrong. You, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy, no, you, you've got one mouth and two ears, buddy. You should listen <laughs> twice as much as you talk. 
<laughs> okay, mom. No, it, it is completely true. And wow, it, mind blowing. Yeah, I think he just made that up too. Did he? Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it is annoying that that there is that divisiveness and how everything has to be like Team Edward or Team Wolf, whatever it was from that. What were those two characters' names? And um, Edward and Bruce. I believe it was Bruce. Bryce, Bruce. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> no, no, I, <laughs> but, but Bruce like, sounds good for a werewolf. Yeah, but it's like it, it's just not true. Like none of us. I mean, like it would be very easy to like look at me and look at what I do and just say, oh, he can be painted into that corner, and I just can't. And that's true for everyone. You know, and so when we when we paint people in the corners, like oh, he's one of those guys, we're just wrong because everybody's more complicated mm-hmm. than that. Now, as far as the opinion thing, of course, everybody has an opinion. Um, do we all need to share it all the time? Probably not, especially when we're not yeah. informed. But we have the God-given right to do it, and the and the constitutionally given right to do it, and we should always remember that, and 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 remember that everybody else has the right to do that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of opinions are formed based upon experience. Um, a good example in our maker mm-hmm. community, how many guys, gals do we know that are brand specific? I, I'm a DeWalt guy, right? Why am I a DeWalt guy? Because it happens to be the tool that I used on many occasions when I was younger and I dropped them off the roof and they just lasted. So now if you try and tell me how Milwaukee's better or this other brand is better, I'm going to argue with you a little bit because I know DeWalt is good. But what I don't know, is the other brand any good? I don't know that, but I'm still... You haven't dropped one off the roof yet. This is your gang, the yellow gang. Right. And so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. so that's, we do that in the maker community. But again, yeah. I think we let the stick out a little bit. And it's like, I'm open mm. to, like, you know, I got yelled at for the saw stop thing. I was saying, oh, well, Bill, you should remember now this is safety and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, safety, right? Yeah. Safety's for suckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> safety for people who don't want to get things done. <laughs> yeah. I think a, a big problem is, and if, if I'll, I'll say very quickly, um, especially in the U.S., lines are drawn uh, along, you know, like if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you're, you're, if you're a Democrat, you're meant to be liberal about everything. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Republican, you're meant to be conservative about everything. And I just don't think that's the way people are. It's, like, it's just not I'm true. a fiscal conservative, but I'm a social liberal. And like in Canada, you can be that. In the U.S., you mm-hmm. can't. And that's such a conflicting thing because your mind is made up for you before you even heard the topic. And I find that crazy. I don't, I think it's, I don't think it's that you can't in the U S I just think you can't vote that way is what I mean. Well, you either vote, we we could one way or the other actually voted and put third party in there. But, um, it seems like the people who are willing to be the loudest and just make the most noise are one or the other. They're, they're you know, sure. on one side, extreme the other. And the rest of us is just like, we get caught up into it a little bit. And I think mm, that's yeah. where we can actually make a difference too. It's just like, you know what? Okay. I, too much. I identify with some of your identity, with mm. what your ideas are, but I don't identify with you. You're loud and annoying. So, I, you know, so maybe... Squeaky maybe, wheel gets the grease. Yeah, it doesn't have to though, right? If you don't grease that squeaky wheel, it'll eventually fall off and go away. <laughs> point good point i, I have to I don't say know. As a, it's been three years of a lot of squeak <laughs> as, a, as a as a long time and, and somewhat ardent vegetarian man there's so many times i see these vegans and vegetarians like doing and saying and posting stuff and just like you're not helping guys you're yeah. not helping we're not all wackos like just that's not but um yeah it's it's true the um the the louder the people are the more divisive they are it seems to be and i and i do think that the majority of us are not and that's where it's like well you know maybe 
maybe more of us should like I don't know if more of us should speak up and say like hey listen it's not this black and white there's a whole lot of gray in between or if Mm -hmm. just more of us need to just shut up I don't know which is the right way to go I I think more of us should stand up and speak but you don't have to speak to the people that are being loud and obnoxious go speak to the other guy that's over there kind of shaking his head at all the noise and say hey man do you want to go grab a beer and let's let's you and I talk right Mm. I I think that's the way to do you're not going to when people are impassioned about anything whether it's building something or politics whatever when you got that emotion and passion going logic takes a dump every time so let the let the impassioned and most of them are young (laughs) let the impassioned people be impassionate about whatever they want and maybe the ones of us that are more calm we need to get together have our own little arguments and disagreements and what no way there's no way the Raiders team is ever going to not suck Oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> there it is, folks. It's Bill at weeklyandaudiopodcast.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 true, man. It's uh, I just, you know, I've always just said, I just try to just do what I think is right and live by positive example and show that, like, and not be a jerk, you know? <laughs> just be nice. With you. I, yeah. I, get, I get more people asking me what I think because I've asked them what they think. Sure. It's, That's a conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you got you to gotta establish some kind of a, a rapport with people before you can get them to even, you know, hey, I believe this way. Um, if that's how you start off, look, I believe this way, your way is wrong. Well, that's not going to do any good. It's like, what do you think? What do you believe? Really? Why'd you do that? Where'd you learn that from? Oh, that's really cool. And then before you know it, that guy's going or that gal's going, well, what do you think? There, boom, the door's now open, right? Because I have a lot to say. As soon as you ask me what I think, I have a whole lot to say. Yeah. So yeah. we noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't, you, well, you two, I love you guys, so you don't even have to ask. <laughs> oh, is that what that it is? is? That is so generous. Thank you. Um, iTunes review review. Who wants to read this one? Uh, I'll do it. I got, I got it open. It. Oh, okay. I'll go go ahead and do it. All right. I'll do it. Um, okay. So this is, uh, we'll we, do it. We only have one. Did you have any in the European market? The, I do not. The non-America market. Yeah, you mean the world? Anytime <laughs> there's a sporting event for, that happens globally, it's the U.S. versus world. Yep. You don't like it, you can get out. Get out. <laughs> and we don't measure in yards, we measure in feet when we play. <laughs> Wait, yards, the yards are, are three feet. Yeah, yards yeah. are three feet. Yards are imperial. We don't measure in meters, I meant to say, but... Right. Um, okay. Anyway, so this is. Um, I think this is the same reviewer from last. The last review we read that changed his review. Um, yeah. Because you can do that. You can go in and, and change it. I guess. Do not do still that. Five, still five stars. So we'll read it again. Um, M. Yeah. Wagner. As of my last review, I have since gone broke paying review dues at a rate of $10 per each. I have not been able to buy any lumber for any projects, um, as anticipated, not even scrap pine. Despite my hardships, I should still be able to pinch some pennies to swing another five-star review, because we joked last time about how he has to pay we the charge. review. Yeah. Right, we charge to leave the review. So, um, But that's the great thing about reclaiming, is that you can find wood for free anywhere. So keep paying those review fees, and just go pick up some pallets, buddy. Money well spent. Yeah. I can't think of another solution. How else is he going to leave reviews? He has to just keep paying. Makes no sense. Yeah. You guys brought up something with the metric system. Uh, it made me. I don't know where I heard this, but it was recent, and I thought it was worth repeating. Do you know why Americans don't have the metric system? Why? Here because freedom ain't divisible by ten. It's I've, divisible by eight, apparently. Yeah, eight's in sixty-four. 
<laughs> okay, but I do want to just say that we you you actually do not have to pay us to leave a review. You can leave oh, yeah. a review for free. It costs absolutely nothing to leave a review. All you have to do is go to reclaimedaudiopodcast.com and click on the leave a review link and iTunes will open up and you can leave a five-star review. And believe it or not, the value just continues from there because not only do you get to leave a review for free, you will get one of us to read it on air for Which guess is how like much us paying you. It's like yeah, us guess guess how much? You. Nothing free. So it's it's I I feel like uh, yeah, it's almost like just imagine it's like we put ten bucks in your checking account. It's almost just like that. Yeah, yeah. You can We're pay your rent. Our love and attention. You can pay your rent. All you have to do if your landlord wants his rent, you do, and you don't have it, you just play this recording of us reading your review and be like, there you go, right? There you go, sir. Gas in the tank, cash in the bank. Money in the bank. That's right. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Weekly tip segments. Uh, I went last week. I got another one if you don't, if nobody has one. But Billy Lutz. Uh, I'm trying to think. What did I have? Uh, okay, yeah, I do have a tip. Um, uh, 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 something you can reclaim and use. Very handy. Um, the the floor mats, like the commercial floor mats that you see in stores and whatnot. Uh, Lowe's, I think, sells them, Home Depot, whatever. If you find to use one of those, what I do is I cut it to fit on top of my table. You can see one's up there now. And I just lay that on there anytime I'm sanding or something like that. It makes a nice grab and stick, and it mm. uh, doesn't screw up the finish on your piece. So it's just one of them gray, like, you know, front door mats of any department store mm. you walk into. But, yeah, yeah, cut it to fit the size of your one. table. Boom. I have that is good. One. Yeah. yeah. Under padding. If you ever see someone tossing out, uh, you know, the carpet because they redid carpeting in their house, the wall-to-wall, right, wall, right. they chuck out the under padding. And mm. you just give it the sniff test, but if it's okay, that makes good, <laughs> I have good a sanding of, uh, surface. A piece of hall runner right now that I've been using. Like, uh, it's got the little holes in it so that it's pretty grippy, yeah. and then the, the dust kind of even goes in the holes too, you know? Mm-hmm. That's good. There you go. Excellent. Good tip. Good tip. What grabbed your attention, not Tim? Bill? Um, you know what grabbed my attention? This is going to be fun. Uh, Carl Jacobson and his wife, Robin, who I love both very muchly so, and they're doing their whole travel the world in a little tiny miniature shop with the, you know, turning and stuff. They were in Utah. Ha-ha! <laughs> they were in Utah. So, of course, Mark Schaefer-Meyer and a bunch of people got out and said hello to them. They had a little meetup and, and whatnot. So that caught my attention because I'm thinking, you know what? I want to live in Utah one day and maybe Carl will come visit me. Yep. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure on his tour of the world, he's going to go back to Utah. When I'm there, he will. Right. Right. Um, I So here is the problem with YouTube for me. Um, it's basically like hobby crack for me. So I'll watch a series <laughs> of videos, get into something, and I'm like, huh. I, I should get that. into this. <laughs> I can do that. So I've been watching a whole bunch of these. Um, I think I mentioned him last week, maybe the Eight Bit guy, and he does. Yeah. He's done a million videos of restoring um, old vintage computers, like the Commodore sixty four, the Big Twenty, Apple computer, like these old ones. And I've been watching a ton of these, and these are so cool. So I'm thinking, man, maybe I should get into vintage computers. I find myself like on Craigslist looking and like Facebook Marketplace looking for like Commodore Vic 20s and stuff. And then I was just like, what am I going to do with this thing? You know, like I just get so like caught up in this thing where like I got to have one. I could do this. This would be fun. 
I'm like, what? Am, but the worst part for me is I'm like, huh, that's a good deal for one. Like those are like the worst <laughs> words I can say. Because yeah. like if I think I'm getting a good deal, I'll buy it and then I'll get it home and it'll just sit somewhere and I'll be like, what was I thinking? Like that's just, it's never. It's, it's, it's like when something you want is on sale, it costs you money not to buy it. Exactly. I should have saved 50 bucks. But like I did this. find a Commodore VIC-20, like, perfect condition for, like, 40 bucks. And it came with, like, eight cartridges. And I'm thinking I should pull the trigger on it. Someone tell me why I should or should not. You know, we have an old computer game system here. Um, I forget which one it is. Um, but it's one of the ones you plug into your bubble TV and stuff. And I'll, I'll be yeah. going to sell it. I'll sell it to you. What it is works. it? It's a whole bunch of... I have to look it up. I forget. It was like it was like a ColecoVision I got, I got, or something, but... Casey's original iMac that she went to college with still, the little gray plastic bubble looking all Not old enough. Not old enough. He's looking to relive his childhood. Yeah. I'm looking for the eighties. The very early eighties as far as Yeah, we plugged it in about ten years ago and it worked. Yeah, I'm sure that's what he's even talking about. It had like the paddles and stuff. Yeah, it might have been in but it wasn't like an Atari thing. It was a little different. But I can't remember what it is. It was probably a look. I don't know. I'll send you we'll, pictures. Of well, I mean, we'll, we'll make, make a, a good deal. deal. By the way, I got your I got your package. Uh, thank you very much for uh, the dose, uh, squires. Well, I know nice. you live in a you live in a bilingual area, yeah. so I thought that. Merci beaucoup pour votre carré. I was really. Is that dose squires? He sent me some dos Equis, but I don't drink anymore. Yeah, I well, was send him here then. I drink. <laughs> um. I was thinking about your kids too. I thought that they might enjoy messing around drawing. So that that really is why I order them. I don't think I'm going to use those plastic ones in the shop, but I definitely want to use them for like drafting and stuff. And I thought that yeah. uh, the kids would really enjoy them. So yeah, just tracing them and stuff is fun, you know. So, yeah, I want to get yeah. them used to the idea of making straight lines in their drawings and stuff, and yeah. connecting points and things like that. You might want to just file the tip down a little bit on it, though. It's sharp. That's not that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I'll do that. I don't want it to crack either. Uh, uh, no, anyways, it won't. So it's it's Lexan. It won't crack. It's, oh no. Yeah, you can bend it in half and it'll go back. Genius. Okay. Just that's good. Yeah, just about. Yeah. It's not acrylic. Don't say that. I'm gonna try that now. Go ahead. I mean, you got a thirty day money back guarantee. You're gonna wreck it, but it won't crack. I don't want to wreck it. Bill, did you say uh, something that grabbed your attention? You did? Okay, yeah. sorry about that. <clears throat> Our websites: ironandsoul.com, williamlutz.com, timsway.net and newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Send us an email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. On iTunes, leave us them reviews. As Tim mentioned earlier, you can go to reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, click that button, and it will automatically launch your iTunes where you can leave a five-star only review. Um, Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the absolute best way to continue to keep these guys on the air, which is where we belong. So thank you to past, present, and future Patreons. You sure about that? No, just... <laughs> Go with okay, it, Tim. Go just, with it. Just... Okay. Okay, sorry. All right, okay. And uh, that being said... Uh, the opinions expressed on the shows are of the hosts alone and not of the network, so please don't get mad at us in emails later. Um, and uh, and that's all I got. So thanks and have a great week, guys. Bye, everybody. Be good.